dude, the biggest thing that I have had to learn as a business owner is restraint. And if I didn't have that restraint, I would lose people, bro. Create a fucking problem and then find a solution Yeah. to fix that problem. Yeah. But you need to create problems in your workspace. Problem, good problems, keep in mind, mm-hmm. not bad problems. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Butter Leads podcast. And today I have No Magical. Mm-hmm. Can you say your name? Yeah, Noe Magical. Noe Magical of A&A Roofing. And you purchased that, so you didn't make that name originally, is that true? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, And we're talking about how to and why to have a repair program at your roofing company. And you have unique experience in this, partly because you uh, have the crews, like you you have crews in your business, you don't don't necessarily like have subcontractors. Right. Or are they subcontractors? (laughs) No, we don't do any subcontracting. But you like repairs for other reasons but could you give me like a minute or two just your background where you're coming from and like your frame of perspective for other roofing company owners out there yeah absolutely so i'm i I got i tell people i got into roofing by accident because i never had the intention of owning a roofing company matter of fact prior to graduating high school i lived in a very small community my graduating class was about 70 75 people my whole existence of living in that town i never saw one roof get put on so i didn't know what was roofing and i used to work at a gas station and a big old truck pulled up super nice guys get out and i'm like man that's a nice truck what do you do for work and they're like roofing and i was like wow i was like you know i just and when i heard roofing i thought of people being on a roof exactly Mm kind of like that nothing else and so i was like man i'm afraid of heights man i was like i couldn't ever do that job you know we fast forward i moved to the tri-cities and uh, i get the opportunity um to work in distribution i started loading shingles i used to be the guy that stacked the bundles of material on top of the roof for the roofing companies i did that for six months and then i got moved into inside sales where i took the product down learned the specs I got the coverages, I wrote will call orders and did all that sort of thing. And I did that for another six, seven months. And then I went to go work for a roofing company as their manager. And it was an interesting situation because the owner at the time um, was retiring and selling it to his foreman. And his foreman was a Hispanic speaking um, guy who just wanted to keep doing what he'd love to do, which was installing. He wanted somebody to run the business and him just keep on installing. And that's where I came to the picture. And for a month, how did the old owner just hound me on what the processes are on QuickBooks, on how to measure a roof? I didn't know how to measure. I didn't know what square feet was. I didn't know what drip edge, none of that. Like I knew what that was, but I didn't know how to do a takeoff and a proposal for a customer, let alone do payroll and do the taxes and everything that comes with it, contracts and all that stuff. So I did that for about a year and a, half, a year and two months. And then towards the end, I had a horrible experience, to say the least. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm what leaving. What was the horrible experience? It was it was to do with, names, right? it was to do with management, right? Yeah. Um, I for seven months we increased our numbers four hundred five hundred thousand um, dollars. We got way more builders because we did a lot of new construction. We got way more builders, and the company grew a lot. And I was working, so when I got the opportunity to work for them, they said, "Hey, we're going to give you three thousand bucks a month." And I was at the time I was making eighteen hundred, so that was twelve hundred bucks a month more than what I was making. I'm like. And so it was super hard because I loved MacArthur. I loved what I did, but it was an opportunity that I had to go to do this. And when I started working there, it was 3,000 bucks gross, not net. So when you took mm-hmm. off the taxes, I was making 200, 300 bucks more, mm-hmm. working 60 to 70 hours. So when you did my math, it averaged about $9 to $11 an hour. Now this so, math is hard for business owners as well. <laughs> when we look at those taxes, and it's crazy how my man, I mean, we could always shake our fist at the powers that be because I fucking hate taxes. 
but it doesn't do me much good at the end of the day. I gotta, I gotta start doing my, I mean, really a lot of roofing companies do our math or people do their math without taking out taxes and realizing like you don't have that, you know, we don't yep. have as much as we thought. Yep. Yeah, when my quarterlies come in, because we pay all the knife, for every hour on the roof, we pay about $3.50. So every quarter, my taxes just for uh, workers' comp is about um, seventeen dollars to $20,000. And you don't account for things like that. Mm -hmm. Then you just go, oh, man, my quarterlies do. And then you got payroll tax. And then, and, the other oh. shitty part about it is, as an employee, <clears throat> like when I wish I, <laughs> I just want to circle the, I do want to circle the, the top number. We were trying to give you this much. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's, you know. Yep. Yeah, it's, it sucks because then employees look at you like, you didn't give me you know, as much money as I'd like. And it's like, damn, man, it's not me. Yeah, and so I didn't realize that. And so I, all of a sudden, I'm in this spot. And I was like, dude, I was making 9 bucks, 11 working 60 to 70 hours a week. And I was like, you know, I'm not making a lot of money right now. I know I'm not making a lot of money. And I had the skills to make a lot of money at the time. Uh, but I was just like, this is free college. Mm -hmm. I'm running somebody else's business without the liability of it being my own. Mm. And so I was like, this is free college. I didn't go to college, by the way. So I was like, this is my opportunity to just embrace and learn and maybe later on it'll help. Probably way better than real college, <coughs> by the way. Right. Except for the parties. Exactly. The parties yep. No, for, well, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you because yeah, I didn't yeah. go to college, but for sure it was one of those opportunities that was better than college in my experience compared to my friend's experiences, yeah. right? And so... Um, I, I just I st st stuck with it, and it was about six, seven months, and I'm having a ton of fun. She goes, hey, I'd like to bring my wife inside the office, and um, I'd like for you to teach her so she can help you. And at the time, I was way overloaded. And so I was like, okay, this could be a good opportunity. And it's not like I can tell her, no, he, she's my boss too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay. And so keep in mind, this lady has never had a job in her life before, has always been a stay-at-home mom, and all of a sudden, you put her into an administrative position for your business. Um, and at the time, they're a $1.4 million business, $1.5 So it's not like just super minor league. And um, it started with her just watching, and I thought she was learning. And then she's like, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? How come you're not invoicing this? How we collected on that? And keep in mind, we've never had an issue in the company before. My, my mindset going to bed was I'm going to do everything that it takes so that when my boss thinks of his roofing company, he knows it's getting taken care of. Mm -hmm. He knows I'm on it because I might not be making money right now, but come Christmas, I'll get a bonus or I'll get a raise or I'll get an opportunity to maybe own partnership in the business, you know, mm -hmm. and that was a pretty like lofty goal. Yeah, time. you know, and so I was just like, I'm a grinder. I'm grind and that was my always my mentality because I was never the most, I wasn't the tallest or the fastest, but I was varsity in all three sports that I did. Uh, I gotta test. He's I, he just whooped my butt. In, uh, <laughs> no in a man. Series of basketball games. So for, for for the lack of height, he's got the hustle, and that's what a, that's what a lot of business owners have to have, right? Yeah, and uh, he's a sleeper too. He could shoot, but yeah, it just it was a hustle for me, man. It yeah. was just what I was, you know, what I knew how to how to do right, mm -hmm. and so. Um, we get into that, and then come Christmas time, no bonus. Come to New Year's, no raise. And so I was just like, dude, it got to the point where I would wake up in the morning, and I would get anxiety, dude. I'd go, I cannot be in that office with that lady. She called me one day and said, hey, we're two squares short on a job. We're never short. You know, two squares is about $230 worth of material. She goes, we're two squares short. Who's going to pay for the material? I'm like, what do you mean? It was really, it threw me off. What do you mean? I didn't understand her question. Like, Who's paying for it? And I was like, well, the company is. She goes, well, then that means we need to take it out of your commissions. And at the time, my commission for like a 10000 11000 roof, I was getting paid like 150 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Get the fuck out of here, man. So I was like, 
how is that even possible? So when I get jobs that we make heavy margins on them, I don't get nothing extra. So why are you doing that? And that's why we have a profit margin. So you have 35, 40% profit, 50%. You're short, you know, $230 worth of material. It's like 1% of your job value. You know what I mean? It's really insignificant. And so that's when I was like, dude, this is not working out. I have anxiety. I get up in the morning. I used to get on and I'd slip my headphones on. I'd play Call of Duty Warzone because that was salary. And so I did my job good, you know, it didn't matter. Was she an owner? She wasn't an owner? She was the owner. She was the wife. She was a wife of the husband. This is why, though, that when you have good people, like, don't get so nitpicky on them. When the people are, like, busting their ass, because it's just so, it is hard to find <coughs> people that do that. And so don't, like, I get it, you had a bad day and something went bad, but don't freak out on that person. Like, it's not worth it. I was just talking to everyone, I was like, Dude, the biggest thing that I have had to learn as a business owner is restraint. And if I didn't have that restraint, I would lose people, bro. Like, cause I have, I mean, like we all have those feelings as business owners, yeah. right? Like we all like, like we have a lot on our plate, but you can't do that to people. And, and here's the thing, and you, before you got here this weekend, and maybe you've heard it since then, because it's something that's like, create a fucking problem and then find a solution. Yeah to fix that problem. Yeah. But you need to create problems in your workspace. Problem, good problems, keep in mind, mm -hmm. not bad problems. Yeah. You know, get so busy that you're like, man, I don't know what time I'm gonna schedule these roofs out. Fix the problem at that yeah. point, you know? What I did and a, a lot of feedback that I've got is that yeah, I've had rapid growth and they're like, well, how many sales guys do you got? Well, I only got one sales guy. Now I have two and he's been with me for like, the second guy's been with me for a month, but how are you a sales organization with no salespeople? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm 97% retail doesn't matter you know and but I was doing and it's like oh well haven't why haven't you been marketing more well why haven't you been working on a sales script and my answer to all those things was always because I've never worked I was never working in my business I was working you know how does that go I'm not working you, were, you weren't working on the business you I, were working in the yes business. I wasn't working on the business I was working in the business I was an employee and Jake was like when you start thinking like an entrepreneur your business will change and don't don't try to fix problems that you don't have yet you know but you're not yeah you're not gonna go from three what is it 3.5 or something this year or something oh yeah we the most we, our second year we did 3.5 you're not gonna go to seven or ten without doing that right like it's very I don't see a lot of people that are 10 million that are like acting like an employee in the business on like they're they're not doing most of the little you know what i mean not to say we all we all have to fill in it's just yes. trying to build that system like i feel like i'm always filling in i do want to get into the um i do want to get into the repairs thing so let's let's do that fairly soon but i'll let you wrap this part up if yeah you yeah yeah no and it was all going to tie into the repairs and stuff yeah. but what i was saying is like you brought up the it was like there was no problem with me everything got done we were never behind on projects we were never had any bad reviews so it's like why are you bringing into the office to yeah. fix something that's not happening and so that actually drove me away and so um i ended up just being like you know i can't take this no more and i said hey look i'm leaving and so i was leaving the industry my sales rep who's the guy that actually hired me on to work at macarthur and then we kept the relationship. When I went to work for this company, he became my sales rep and we bought material from him. He makes a phone call to Alan, who owns A&A Roofing at the time, and he goes, hey, um, no, he's leaving and you're trying to retire. You should give him a call. And so he gives me a call. He goes, hey, I heard you were leaving the industry. And he goes, I'd like to see if you'd be interested in buying my business. And I was like, F no. I was like, I'm trying to leave the industry. I'm not trying to stay in it. And second of all, I don't have enough money to purchase a company. I had $4,000 in my savings account. 
I'm like, there's no way. He's like, you need to come over for I dinner. I that much more than when I started my business. But yeah, purchasing <laughs> is different, yeah. Yeah, and so he's like, you need to come over for dinner. And so long story short, he spoke belief into me. And then March 1st of 2021, we buy a Roofing, which stands for Allen and Aiden Roofing Services. And I kept the name because I had the reputation already. So where's the, the lady that was? Yeah, what's that? Where's the, where's the office lady? The lady that... that yeah the one that i was working yeah. for yeah so I, I left that company okay yeah so i left that company oh, and then that's gotcha. when i came and i started oh, okay. my own i thought, it was, I thought a, a and a was the one no it was yeah. no a and a is my company gotcha. and, so, and so um i ended up leaving and we started a and a roofing and um since then we started in-house i started off with one guy the only guy that stayed with me when we bought the roofing company and so he stays with me and we go from one guy to 14 guys um Two of those, I have four crews within those 14 guys. Two crews do residential re-roofs and my repairs, and my other two do my standing seam and commercial, and they do my commercial repairs. And so um, for us, our biggest jobs came from repairs. Hmm. My three biggest jobs have came from repairs. My first biggest job was um, five months after I started my business. Um, they called us over because they had these condos that kept on having ice damming issues. Mm. and everybody went and they've been repairing them and they invested heat tape into them and we go over and we look at them and we're like hey this is your problem x y and z i said but you're going to continue to have this problem because they didn't put two uh ice and water pat two foot past the interior wall and i'm like so you're going to have that until you replace the roof and the problem is though that um you're going to spend just as much as money doing the repair than you would do Redoing it. redoing it entirely, you know, and the reason why we got that lead was because two years, a year before that, when Alan still owned it, they did a repair on it. So we were on that list. And when I went over and I gave them the, the estimate and when I walked them through the whole process, they went with us. That was a $600,000 job that came off of repair. Our second repair was Let's a go. church. Our second repair was a church. We went out there and we were just doing, it had some blown off shingles. Our area is really, really windy. And they're like, hey, we have some blown off shingles. It was like three shingles. I didn't even charge them. Like, hey, it's three shingles on. I'm not even gonna charge you. We have the extra material. Contractors love the catch-all because it makes every single one of their roof builds easier and more profitable. Protective netting wraps facade and landscaping to prevent from left-behind nails and damage. Homeowner referrals bring you more jobs and insurance supplements bring you more profits. But my favorite part, the branding. We're talking about the church and the fact that you replace like three shingles for free and then you've started to do more churches. So talk to us about that. Yeah, and so it's funny since this conversation when your phone died and we're like, oh man, we were afraid that we didn't record another podcast. Well, since that day we had that conversation, something similar happened, a repair. We were just talking about a repair. I, that was on Sunday. And on Tuesday, I get an email in the morning that says, Noe, we have a couple leaks in our, in our building. Would you come and fix those? And we had already repaired his building once before this email. And I, when I went, you know, I was just honest and as you always should be, right? And I was like, look, man, your roof is shot and you have these penetrations. We can patch these penetrations, but this next year you'll need to replace your roof. I think that we can get it through the wintertime, through the rain and the snow, but next year you're going to have to replace it. So I'm going to send you a repair to replace what you got now and a replacement so you can start planning ahead. Okay, perfect. Sounds good. So he approves the repair. We go do the repairs on Tuesday. He emails me again, says he has some more leaks in his building, and he wants to go ahead and if and see if he can pay for the roof before the year ends. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And so I was a little bit confused. I'm like, dude, you don't have to pay me for full, you know, you can just give me 50%. 
You just give me the deposit and we'll be good. That's liability though, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, where's this guy going with it? He's like, yeah, I understand. He goes, but would you give me a discount if I paid for it in full? And I'm like, well, it just threw me off because nobody had asked me this before. And so anyways, I say yes. And so $41,000 later, he gives me a check and we're not doing his roof until five, six months from now. And it started from a, it started from a repair. It started from a repair, you know? And so, so that tax liability thing and like offsetting that business owners, right? Like that's a beautiful right. thing about business owners. They know that that's the case. So knowing if you, for some reason, need to offset some of those gains with hook agency, we do offer a 7% discount. Um, if you, you work with us. So if you wanted to pay a year, and this is for my clients too right now, if for some reason you want to pay a year up front, we offer a 7% discount um, if you if that's your thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If it makes sense, why not, right? And for him, he had the money. It was there, it was available. And so he went ahead and did it. But that church, same story, man. Long story short, we went there, three shingles. We gave them, we did, we did it for free. That set us up in their head as, man, these guys came out and they helped us and they didn't charge us anything. All they asked was when we do the roof to, to give them a call. And so we did, and we did the roof, that church for, and it was huge. It was a big project for us. How big, a, like just thinking about that near in advance or like the uh, discount that you gave, how big of a discount did you give them for doing up front? Just curious. It was 5%. Yeah. That's very good. I feel like like for a guy like that, who's, he really just has cash on his books that he would like to not have on his books anyway. But but think about this. It was He saved 5% initially right there up front, yeah. but he also locked his price in with us. So that price, whether it's in, he does it in freaking December of next year, if he gets two, three price increases, because we don't control price increases, the distributors do and the manufacturers then he's good. He'll that 41,000 is he's going to get that in March. Or if he decides to do that in July, he's going to get it in July. So it's also one of those things that we offer. Hey, we'll lock your price. in if you give us typically it's a deposit, most of the time, it's not like a, uh, whole, thing. a, a, a whole thing, but Hey, we'll take it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like people could wonder about that strategy too. Like, well, why do you want the cash on your books? You know, like it's, it's to each his own. I'm like, you know, you go back and forth to different sides of your business and this exact moment, I just want, I want more cash. I want more, you know what I mean? Like, so it depends on where you're at in your business. If you're early in your business, those first three years, you're trying to like, that is definitely a spot where you're like, usually trying to get rid of the cash, right? Like to be real with you, um, it's tough. Cause it is like, it's like taxes just feel like such a big giant amount sometimes it's crazy and that's a great that's a great look at it but also if you are three years in business and you're and you're just new you need all the cash that you get because you know you you got you need the cash flow sometimes you might be in a tight position where you know for us end of year is you know our last quarter of taxes our department of labor workman comp all the things we have to renew for our insurance and so it's always good to have that um as capital right and if we don't use it then great you know and if it if we do but i'd rather have it than need it and not have it yeah for some yeah where i'm at in my business right now i like cash a lot like i just i i get it's also like as you're growing like i'm in a spot where we're hiring like three people st- that are starting like next month right three people and it feels right. like you know right and then you're hiring, like I, I try to hire a little bit ahead, but it's, you can't, you don't want to hire too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Because then you're, then you like, that's a drain on your cash. 
But like, I like cash because then I can hire a little bit ahead. It's very tough. I, I, I like to say I want to feel out capacity. It's my, it's my, like, I know my employees know what feel out capacity means. It means we're going to be slammed for a little bit and it's going to hurt. <laughs> right. Know, I, but it's really important to feel out capacity because you could experience growth, but your team, your current team could handle that growth. You got to make sure that you need new people. If you truly believe in what you're doing and you want to be the best version of yourself and you want to build a great organization, there's no other place to do that besides the Roofing Academy. What were we just talking about right before we like come, came up here? It was just the fact that like, you know, one thing that you wanted your team to, to feel is that, you know, don't 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 worry about the problems that you don't have right now. You know, create the problems, create these problems, and then find the solution to fix it. Because if you spent time planning all these problems that you maybe never have, then you just wasted all that time. It's good for like personal and business because yeah, like so that was a big theme of Roof Camp from what I saw, and I really liked. It. For some reason, that just stuck with me. Like, make he, like I think it was Jake Bryden from Heritage Construction. He just said. It's my job to create problems. We need to create more problems and not worry about like we like we had like this idea for idea for a sale. The next client that gets in gets 5k off their website, which is unheard of. We've never done that before. And my guy, my video guy was like, what if five people take us up on that idea? And I was like, I don't think five people are going to take us like, and if they do, we'll figure it out then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like everyone's trying to get ahead of the head of the the crazy thing that might happen if you suddenly just like sell a you and I both know you're not just selling oh I oops oops I just sold seven hundred thousand dollars of roofs and now we don't know who's gonna do the roofs like it doesn't usually happen like that and if it does <laughs> we'll figure it out you know what I mean like we have to we have to make problems we have to we we need new ideas or we need new problems for 2024 bro we need new problems. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, repairs as simple as it is, it's essential. Whether you're subbing it out or whether you're doing it in-house, it's a big thing. It's a, it's a referral system. It's a bunch of – it's a review source. You know, um, they're good profit margins. And then um, they're also the, the opportunities that will set you up in the future. Like I said, countless of times for me. And we've, we're, almost, we're not even finished with our 30-year business. And, and that just came off from repairs. Right now that we're kind of slow in these markets – we got snow and rain and wind this whole week. Um, my guys have been doing repairs because we can't open up a roof. But guess what? They're still being able to work. And I guarantee you, though, they, they, they like six hours than zero hours in a day, you know. And so um, that's another part of it. You keep your guys busy as well. It is a great one. Yeah, I've been out to repair while it was icy and there's snow all over the roof. And we're up there on a chimney, cocking the <laughs> chimney around the like. <laughs> Dude, like that's that's all fair game. You just can't, yeah, you can't rip off the whole roof at this point. I like that. That's a dude. Slow season repairs probably kill. I love that. Yeah, it's retainage. You know, you, you your guys that need versus them going somewhere else. Well, I'm bit, I, I, dude. We can't do. What do you want me to do? I can't control the snow. Well, you're right, but you can control other things that you can offer for your guys to do, so they can stay busy. So those top guys that you have. Don't go looking for work somewhere else. And then yeah. the next thing you know, the competitors are doing repairs and they're keeping them busy all year and now you can't get that guy back. 
I'm sure we talked about this a little bit at the ranch, um, but like just like any other things that you think are like will be new problems for folks getting into repairs and how you would help them solve those? Like what new problems can they expect um, if they take take on this repair division? Yeah. First thing is, you know, warranty issues. People will, you know, over promise and under deliver. And for me, I just make it aware that one, we don't offer any warranties on repairs. If we blow off, if we repair three shingles, I'll give you the warranty for those exact three exact shingles. If they blow off, I'll come put them back on. But if you have a house that's already blowing off, hence why we came and did the repair and you get the next windstorm, 10 shingles, you go, well, no, we well, I have 10 shingles and you came and repaired my roof just, you know, two months ago. What's going on? It's like, yeah, I repaired the area that was damaged at the moment, but this is all new damage. And so documenting stuff is very important. One, and then um, taking really, really specific estimate details because these repairs, when you go out there, you need to have everything and write it down in your estimate or whatever you do to take the labor, to give the labor ticket to your guys. Because then sometimes they might schedule the repair a month, two months, or maybe four months down the road and you're like, oh, what shingle was that? What color was that shingle? And then now you have to go back to the house to reevaluate all the things that you should have done initially. And then the other thing is just, you know, just like anything, repairs typically are people that are trying to be cheap. And so um, you got to have standards. So for example, on certain things we don't budge, like our fascia board. If you have one long, if you have a fascia board that's this long and you know you want to get that only specific thing repaired i'm sorry but we're doing the whole run of whatever section that is because i've had way too many times where we do it and the product doesn't match or the or it's not the same thickness and it kind of looks funny and now it looks like a patch job and the homeowner's like man that looks like crap and it's like yeah it does like reflect look like crap that's something that I knew, but I'm sorry I didn't explain it to you. So now we just go, hey, look, it's the full section. You know, um, we're going to do it because then you're going to get mad at me because I didn't make it aware for you type of deal like that. So you just got to have your expectations on what you will repair and what you won't repair. If the house is about to fall down and you're like, look, I'm not even going to touch this. I can't even touch it. There's nothing that I can do to repair it. If you want to replace it, you're going to need to replace it. And you got to be firm with those. Can you do something? Just, I mean, I'll put a tarp, but that's about the extent of it. I'm not going to mess with any shingles because then again, you're in a way liable for a certain. What percentage period. of those do you turn down like that? Like what percentage would you say? There's like very rare. I mean, if I have three or four instances of those in a year, for us, that, I mean, that's 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 pretty much average. But most of the time, people are reasonable. Oh, man, like they ask you because they don't know roofs, man. Hey, can you come do my repair? And you show up and you're like, whoa, this is far beyond repair, ma'am. And they'll go, wow, I did not know that. Thanks for coming. Can you give me an estimate for replacement? So like I we've talked about at, at camp, a lot of these times that you get called out for repairs will sometimes end up turning into full roof replacements. I think that the biggest apprehension for roofers not wanting to get into repairs is cannibalization. It may cannibalize things that could have been a re-roof. You know, so um, despite that, you're recommending having a repair division. Um, how, how could we help convince them? Let's do one final push for folks that are so scared to do this because it will cannibalize their other part of their business. Uh I don't think that's true, but the the last push that I would say somebody is you're already doing the hardest part of the job. You're putting on roofs. How how hard is it to swap out a pipe boot? You know, um, profits are high, margins are high. Um, you you get into the door, 
you get an email, you get an address and you get data. So then if there's ever a storm or whatever in that area, you can go back to those customers that you already serviced and did repairs on. And then boom, hey, we did a repair on your house X amount of year. We understand that, you know, there was a, did your house get damaged? Would you like for us to come out and do an inspection for you? And all of a sudden they trust you because you did a good job on the repair and you already have a foot in the door. And so the bottom part, the bottom thing is repairs will get you the foot in the door, whether it's now or whether it's a year from now. You don't know. There might be commercial building. It might be a super small. Sometimes it might just be, you know, a repair. But um, it's it's essential for me if you're trying to take your business from here to here. Totally. And like, hey, it's a rate of we're reviewing, but it's the rate of your the amount of reviews that you have. It's the referrals. We just we want to suggest here that like repairs are part of your lead gen strategy and part of yeah. your strategy and you know what's what is that what is that quote like a uh, reputation is worth more than gold or something like that yeah 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 yeah. something along those lines where it's like it is an endless source of business if you have a great reputation and people want to refer you and this is one way to continue to hone that reputation because people love getting a cheap option really if you have one have you heard the question from the guys that are mainly insurance in like texas in the midwest and they see somebody that's like us like that's 97 percent retail and they'll go how are you retail how, how, how can i i want to be retail and i want to do this because it's more it's more i can control it more i don't have to worry on knock and it's like okay you you want me to answer that question how 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 what's the first step into going into retail is repairs i think that's your first step that's really good because sometimes people think it's marketing. They think that if they want to go from <laughs> they want to go from insurance to retail that they're going to market their way out of where they're at. I like that answer much better than them trying to fix it with marketing. Yep. 100% man. It's really good. Great. Any other things you want to share about repairs before we wrap this up? Otherwise, I I think this is like a really good quick uh primer on getting into repairs i i recommend it noe you guys have done really well with it what's your guys's.com uh www.a and a roof.com awesome anything else you want to share no man i don't got no uh um, ghost pepper jerky this time i know we did that oh, in no, we, last time we missed it. <laughs> Yeah, we ate some ghost pepper jerky. It was, and we did reaction live reactions. And I'll just say this: it was a sneaker because, it, <laughs> like, at first you ate it, and then you're like, "Oh, it's fine." And then, like, a couple minutes later, as you're swallowing it, it's like, <sighs> but it was delicious too. It was really good. I wish I wish I had some of that right now. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, that's it for me, man. Thank you, brother. I know you're probably like me where you're just like still processing the stuff from roof camp. I had a yep. great time. I hope they do that again. I, th I like anything to do with outside and like kind of more like fellowship style around the campfire vibes. And that was a really good vibe. Yeah. Um, shout out to David Taggart for putting that on a five roofing and all the people that were involved with that. And yeah, Noe, keep in touch, brother. Let me know how I can all be right, of man. service. Okay. And thank you everyone for watching and listening. It's the Hook Better Leads podcast, hookagency.com. Um, please like, comment, subscribe, and rate and review the podcast or wherever you're at. Just interact with it because that really helps us get it seen by more people.
All right, bye. All right. All right.